Welcome back, everybody. Another edition, three editions in one week. We're going crazy with this Green Room podcast as the Spartans roll along to the Sweet 16. They got a date with Kansas State on Thursday night. Uh, joined special edition tonight. We have the heavy hitter joining us. First, we have Charbonneau, who is in, uh, in New York in his Marriott sucking down Chinese food, I think. Wait, I'm not the heavy hitter? No, you're not. No, no, sorry. That's a weight comment, you understand. <laughs> no, it's not. Nah. <laughs> you're too sensitive. Well, you hear his voice. You know his voice. Wojo joins us to discuss the Spartans. Wojo is not in New York yet, but I imagine he'll be flying private jet tomorrow or sometime soon to get to uh, get to New York City. Absolutely. The right? gas of the jet up as we speak. I will okay. be there tomorrow to harass Charboning. All right. I, we mm-hmm. expect expect nothing less. Expect nothing I'll, less. I'll send my car for you from the airport. You're damn right you will. <laughs> Uber X. Uber X. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, guys. Uh, well, appreciate you joining us, Wojo and Charbonneau. Sure. You uh, making some time late into the evening here in New York. Um, but uh, yeah, Michigan State, Kansas State, uh, Sweet 16, not a matchup, I think. Everyone would have predicted coming into this uh, tournament, but then again, it's been a wild tournament, and we're enjoying it. But uh, I guess since we have Wojo, we'll start with we'll start with you. Uh, just uh, uh, is Michigan State where they belong, and what's what's the ceiling here? I mean, this you know this region looks pretty open to me. It really does, and I thought that when the when the bracket came out, I thought they had the weakest number one seed Purdue, which turned out to be, and the weakest Correct. number two seed Marquette, which it turned out to be. Um, Kansas State, though, is probably not the weakest number three seed. And just reading up about them and and watching some of the stuff, I mean, they were picked to finish last in the Big 12. They brought in all these transfers. But the one holdover guy, the point guard, Marquis Noel, have you seen some of the highlights of this guy? This guy is dynamic, five foot eight, slightly shorter than uh, Charbonnet. And uh, a scoring machine, I think – Kansas State will present more defensive problems for Michigan State than anyone else has, even more than Marquette with um, the guard and also the uh, their forward, Keontae, Keontae Johnson. I think it's going to be a great matchup. I do. I think Kansas State can score with Michigan State and Ken is known for the, their defense as well. Charbs? <laughs> I, got uh, I covered it all. Go to bed. All. all right. Good job. But so, no, I – Here's the deal. Like, I, I think some of that, when we did look at the bracket from the beginning, I always thought this, it laid out pretty well for Michigan State. Even when, way back in the day, when that little Purdue team was still around. Um, huh. I mean, that wouldn't, a, a matchup in that wouldn't have come until the regional final, but that's not even a thing now. It, it's, and as we talk about all the time, matchups, matchups, matchups. And to me, this is another um, favorable matchup again for Michigan State. Now, again, that's not guaranteeing wins or anything. They still got the, the margin of error is still small. But when we talk about teams that don't have something that they have no answer for, um, Kansas State's not that. Now, obviously, Noel's a, a, been damn good. I mean, he's going to be the kind of guy you could guard really well for 28 seconds, and right. he's going to hit a 28 footer with a guy in his face, and and that's you know that's life sometimes. But right, I really do like this matchup. I, I like the way Michigan State's playing. I don't know about the defense. I mean, Marquette defended pretty damn hard uh, on Sunday, you know, so I don't know if I'm necessarily with Bob that it's going to be harder. What? What? 
Are you guys fighting? No, no. I, I think, yeah, they're going to defend well. All right. Oh, no, no. My point, you miss. My point is Kansas State's offense against Michigan State's defense. That's going to be tougher okay. for Michigan State than Marquette was. Yeah, yeah. And I agree. No, I'm with you there. So I did, I did uh, misunderstand you a little yes, bit. Yes, you did. Uh, it's late. Well, it's whatever. Late, it's fine. The other thing, too, is in, in this game, and if you watch the Kentucky Kansas State game at all, and Kansas State is not a good rebounding team. They don't rebound defensively very well because they like to get out and run. So you got guys kind of leaking and out, whatever. The interesting thing to me will be, will Michigan State really crash the offensive glass? And we always think Michigan State as a, as a rebounding team, an offensive rebounding team. The thing is, this team hasn't been a great rebounding team this year. So will they try and take advantage of that, hit the offensive glass and go after it? Or will they be worried about transition defense and not wanting Kansas State to get going up and down and, and maybe – not send four or five guys to the glass. So that, I, I think that's an interesting coaching decision or game plan sort of things we'll have to keep an eye on. Uh, because the thing is, I don't think you want to get in a track meet with Kansas State. Michigan State likes to run, but this, again, isn't one of their best running you know, teams. Like They've to, had moments like here. Run like, but, like some of the past Michigan State teams. I think they, yeah, so I, think they I, like I just to run when it's convenient. When it's, when yeah, it's I, don't think, I don't think a track meet right. with Kansas State is, is the best bet. So – you may see them maybe not send everybody to the offensive glass, though I still think that's that's a place Michigan State could have an advantage. I feel like Kansas State does a lot of um, freelancing, especially with the the, the little guard, and um, and they also defend the three very well, which in Michigan State generally shoots it very well. Um, that's why what is Michigan State six for thirty on three pointers in the tournament so far? Did I have that? Come on. Seven, Bob. Jeez. Okay, two for sixteen in the last game, and I feel like that's that's actually a good stat because you know that's not going to happen again. Two for sixteen, yeah. and you know they can make threes, so I feel like that's going to happen. But Kansas State, like I said, uh, for some reason defends the three very well. Um, but they have what do they have? Like eight transfers, and they've just sort of coalesced around that that point guard. And I, I do think they're going to try to get up and down the floor a bit. They they do yeah. they do run. They do like to run. And even though Michigan State likes to run, they're one of the least running teams when you look at pace of game in the entire country. They just well, haven't been able to get out there. Yeah, this year especially, it's been one of those things that they've – typically, yes, a Tom Izzo team will want to get out and run, and he would love to. It's just – uh, they've had some other issues this year. And when they were shorthanded with Malik Hall and Jade Nagins out, it was you weren't going very deep. So what probably wasn't the best idea to be running when you got Hauser and Walker and AJ playing 35 plus minutes a game. So um there's some reasons why they're not and they haven't been this year. Um but I gotta how long have we been into this pod? Six, seven minutes, eight minutes? Yeah, yeah. Well, Wojo what? Wojo has not made the most obvious Wojo joke or observation yeah. yet. Wait, hold on. What am I? Oh, you're not going to make me mention the Kansas State coach's name, are you? No, the fact that we are in Manhattan and Kansas State. Oh, come on, Bob. Manhattan. Good point. Well, you know what else? Speaking of Manhattan, Tyson Walker is from New York, not Manhattan, but New York. But so is. We're not speaking about Manhattan. Oh, we weren't. But so are Kansas State's. Their two key players are from New York. So we the got all time? sorts of Big Apple Manhattan jokes. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
You th- you think this is about matchups and breaking it down? No, 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 no. This is about puns. <laughs> Let's be perfectly honest. And and I do think you know, all kidding aside, where Michigan State has a huge advantage is at coaching. Coaching, uh, Jerome Tang, first year head coach for Kansas State. He was with Baylor when they won the national title. And Tom Izzo, he's been through. I think this is his 57th NCAA tournament, something like that. Um, I do think that was a factor against Marquette. Clearly, Michigan State was ready for everything Marquette tried. And I felt like Marquette didn't know what hit them. Like, wait, they know every one of our plays. Wait, we can't do it. And I think that could happen again in this game with an inexperienced head coach and a bunch of players that have been thrown together and have been shooting well and, and, and running the floor. But I'd like to see what happens when they run into a, a suffocating defense like Michigan State's can be. I think, That's yeah, the thing, you know, I agree I, with you totally on the coaching. I mean, and Marquette had some experience coaching there too. And Izzo, well, Shaka Smart isn't yeah. a beginner at this, no, but he doesn't and, have. Izzo, Izzo clearly at some key moments ran circles around him. There was no question. right, and it's I, it's kind of funny that you know sometimes during the year Izzo takes the grief he does, but it's as we talked about in the last pod. You know, Michigan State fans get a little spoiled at times, but these are the moments no. you kind of get reminded. No, and, no, no, uh, please. No, I, I think, but you're absolutely right. I mean. This is that's an absolute advantage for Michigan State, um, and I think because you talk about those things that you know are they gonna are they gonna hit the glass are they gonna not are they gonna change different ways because you know Joey Hauser wasn't Marquette did a really good job of taking him out of the game do they do for different things to get him involved uh, because you know he played well but you want to get him more shots um, there's just so many different things that are gonna happen there and the way Michigan State's playing defensively that was Tom Izzo's biggest worry right up until last week. And then we saw two games of, boy, that looks like the Michigan State defense we were used to seeing for most of the year. And that's, I think, what you're talking about, Bob. When when Marquette came out, they looked they looked overwhelmed because of that Michigan State defense. It took them, what, 14, 15 minutes to find any sort of rhythm at all? Now, they had a pretty good stretch at the end of the half and early in the second. But overall, I'm not sure they were – prepared for that sort of defensive effort so we'll see does it change a little bit against Michigan or against Kansas State I don't know uh you know is Mati Sissoko going to play that well again it's been a bit of a mystery this year right so if he's if he's found something that's consistently playing like he did those first two games I think Michigan State's defense is going to be in a good position to you know at least put him in a spot to win you know what's weird about these tournament runs and we've seen them you know with all sorts of teams is a win and then another win, and you say, oh, they've solved all their problems, right? They've solved all their weaknesses. They don't have a, a – a, they're not, they're plenty big enough deep. They can rebound well enough. And, and, and Kansas State is thinking the same thing. So it's really hard to figure what – has Michigan State solved its defensive issues just against USC and Kansas? I mean, it certainly looks like it. Um, but that's, that's one thing I don't know because – I mean, this Kansas State, these are athletes, as their coach calls them. They're all dudes. I don't think they're – I thought Marquette was a little weak. I mean, physically, you know what I mean? Like, they didn't have a big – like, A.J. Hogart is so much bigger than the little Marquette guards and stuff. And well, I, think USC, guys, I think USC is a pretty athletic team. No. Yeah, USC yeah, they are. They are, but they, 
Yeah, they could make shots, of course, partly because of Michigan State's defense. You know what I wonder, though? And I was talking with Sharbs about this. Um, the whole issue of, oh, why didn't Izzo go into the transfer portal and use those three extra scholarships and flesh out this roster? And and I think it was mostly Michigan State fans during the season that complained about that. Like, they're not deep enough. Oh, boy, they could have used this guy, this guy. Now that they're in the Sweet 16 and 10 guys on the roster, has that issue gone away? Is that solved? Or does it take just one game for the naysayers to come back out? Well, the minute the minute they lose, the naysayers are going to come back out. I mean, whether it's yeah. whether it's Thursday night or whether it's Saturday or whether it's in the semifinals. I mean, unless this team wins a national championship, the game that they lose, the naysayers will come out. I think that's what Michigan State fandom has kind of come down to and you know they're they're, they're used to success and uh, but we talked about this in the last pod though it you know the tra- is that nobody and you know Sharpen and I are talking about this nobody's figured out the transfer portal no coach has figured it out whether you take a bunch of guys or whether you ignore the transfer portal and don't take any guys I don't think any coach has the the secret figured out and I think that's why you're seeing chaos throughout the NCAA tournament, I think it's the transfer portal NIL and the COVID year, but which the COVID year leads to the transfer portal. But I think that that's, I think, I don't think anybody's figured it out. So I'm not saying Thomas was right, but it's working for him. And you see a cohesiveness among this group of players at Michigan state that maybe you wouldn't, if you had raided the transfer portal and brought in a handful of guys. Right. And it's working the exact opposite way for Kansas state who has, what is it? Eight transfers or whatever almost an entire new roster in which is why they were picked last in the big 12. So uh, Tony, you're totally right. Trying to predict. I mean, normally I have a near perfect bracket, you know, in the NCAA tournament. I think it's been uh, taking a few hits because you don't know what any of these teams are. And and we still don't know for sure. Either of these teams, the gap, the other thing too, you mentioned, you mentioned the, the Trent Bob, you talked about it today when we were with Izzo the whole idea of the transfers and Tom brought up a pretty good point. Like he, he, he was basically putting his faith in the guys he had, but he brought up something that he said he hadn't even thought about too. The guys there had to put their faith in him as well. And I think that's when you're seeing now through a season of this and, and all that kind of coming together. And you're that's, I think that's why you're seeing that connect connectivity of these guys on the floor. You know, they, they know that they can count on each other, that sort of thing. And, and look, yeah, you still got to play well, make shots, all that stuff. But I think when you have that to fall back on, um, it, it matters. It really does. It sounds like coach speak and cliche stuff, but I think it does that they, Madi Sissoko has been able to go through all the crap he's gone through of inconsistent play and not playing well to get to where he is now. I mean, you even saw it against Marquette. You know, he wasn't perfect in the times he wasn't, you know, his teammates let him know about it and it, he comes around. And I, it, it, I don't know if you can do that if you go get other guys again, Kansas State's making it work, right? But we see a lot that don't look at Illinois. I mean, it was an absolute disaster this year. So, I, what the answer is, I don't know. But I, for Michigan State, for this team, the way Tom Izzo has done it this year is working. But you're right that the second they lose and and you know Monty turns it over four times and gets two rebounds, it's, <laughs> yeah, they're gonna. Here, that's yeah. just just gonna be how it is, but. Um, it's made for a fun NCAA tournament, the, the, this whole portal and I, oh, yeah. a COVID thing, because I think the gap, the talent gap between the one seeds now and the 16 seeds and everybody in between is, I don't think has ever been 
more narrow than, you know, like when Purdue lost, like it used to be like, it used to be like if a one seed was just like within five points at halftime, everyone was turning on the TV. Oh my God, there's going to be the upset. And then of course the one seed would just blow away in the second half. Like they always did. But the Purdue one didn't, didn't surprise me. The Arizona one didn't surprise me just because if you've watched college basketball this year, it's chaos and it's awesome. (laughs) And you know what you have to do? I think you saw with Purdue, which could only play one way, you know, going through Edie. And, and, and I think more than anything, we're learning that whether it's transfer, wherever you get your players from, you got to be able to play multiple styles because you're going to run into multiple types of, and that's where Izzo's team has really developed. Oh, they were, they're not just a three-point shooting team, although they've been great at it. In years past, they've just been a defensive team and couldn't score. Well, their defense has come back, but they can score. And I don't know who that model is right now is playing the best that way. They can. I mean, Alabama can do everything, of course. But I think Michigan State is one of those teams that can beat you, whatever. If you come in with a big guy, okay, that's a little bit of a problem. But Sissoko's been better. And they can defend the three. They can shoot the three. I think that's why they've been successful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, you mentioned the numbers. I mean, who, would, who would have thought if you would have said, I said this to Tony the last one, Bob, but if you're going to say Michigan State's going to go two for 16 and Marquette's whatever they were, 11 to 26 or what's 27, you would have, not only would you say Michigan State would lose, that they were going to get smoked, but when you throw in all those other things, you're right. They're able to find other ways to win, and I'm not sure – I'm not sure a lot of teams out there are going to be like, like, let's say on Thursday night, Michigan state's able to neutralize Noel, however that is. And they kind of take him out of his game. I mean, they did it to Kolick, the Big East player of the year, the other night that Bob was stunned. <laughs> <this guy. laughs> yeah, by, by the way, when they said that he was guy, I, I was not an expert on, on all things Marquette, no surprise here, but late in the game, when they said that, on the TV broadcast that he was the Big East Player of the Year, I, I thought that that was a mistake. I did. Right. Well, I did. That's what they I'm were like. Able wait a minute, to, that guy is the Big East Player of the Year. But that's what Michigan State was able to do to that player, right. and then you saw everything that else that happened. If so, that's what I'm saying. If they're able to do something similar to Noel, does Kansas State have the ability to kind of adjust, win different ways, have other guys pick up the slack? I don't know. I mean, I guess that's what we'll find out on Thursday, but Michigan State has proven so far that they can win in different ways. I mean, they don't have a guy they're going to dump the ball to in the post, but, um, but you know, Bob just mentioned it. Mahdi's playing way better. Carson Cooper the last couple games, I mean, he is, he's been a factor. I had no um, idea who he was five weeks ago. No idea. Well, that's because I don't know what <laughs> you pay attention to. No but, uh, yeah. Charbonneau um, didn't know either. Don't let him tell you otherwise. It was six weeks ago that I figured out who he was. Okay. Um, but I mean, you know, these it, it's it takes some time. You always hear time is still doing it. It's a process. It's a process. But he's not wrong. I mean, it does take a little time for these guys, and I mean, you're seeing you're seeing it come together for them. You're, you know, that we talk about fans not being happy. The funny thing is, immediately someone the other night was grumbling why Jackson Kohler didn't play more. Oh like, lord! Oh wait lord. a minute. Yeah. Wait a minute. You know like, what? But, That's why you need to be off of Twitter, Charbonneau. Listen to the head coach. That's right, but the head coach again, who, gets, look, who gets Twitter printouts handed to him, yeah, probably. But look, def- <laughs> look if if the, if the last two games haven't proven you that defense is what's going to get it done, um, I don't know what to tell you. And, and Carson Cooper is the far better defensive option to spell Mati Sissoko than Jackson Kohler is. So, so um, let me ask you this then: Who do you think 
defensively they'll put on uh, Noel or Noel? Noel. I, yeah, that's a good question. I, I I immediately earlier thought Tyson Walker, right? Um, because I, I guarantee you Tyson is saying, let me guard this guy. Guarantee it. Um, but I'm wondering if this is the sort of thing where maybe they they kind of mix it up. Start Tyson there. Maybe go a little AJ because he's got more length. You know, you mentioned yeah, Noel. I like that big. idea. AJ's right, big but, on him. Yeah, I don't know about AJ all the time because Noel's very fast. Um, probably a little more foot speed than AJ. So I, I could see maybe a little mixture of that. You know, have Tyson really on him hard there for the first seven, eight minutes. Mix it up with some length with, with AJ. And and if either of those guys get in tr- foul trouble, tired, whatever, I think Jaden Akins can probably yeah. jump in there and give you, give you a few minutes on him too, but I know Tyson Walker will be. I guarantee he's relishing the fact he might not say it much, but this people are talking about the the matchup between he and Noel, and this is the kind of stuff that he gets fired up about. And it's not just scoring; he'll he'll put as much into trying to shut this guy down too. So I don't know. We'll see. I think a lot, plenty of Walker, but I think they mix it up a little. I think I think I agree, and I, I and I think this game is a bit of a toss up, but. One question I wanted to ask you guys. Spartans are favored, by the way, by point half. Yeah, exactly. And it started the other way, I think, with Kansas State favored. For like um, five seconds, yeah. Right. Michigan State is the last Big Ten team left in the Sweet 16. Uh, last year, Michigan was the only one that made it to the Sweet 16. We know going back to 2000, the last Big Ten champion. Wait, UCLA is still alive. Uh, oh, that's true. The new Big All Ten right. team, yeah. But I have a theory on this. And it's different. Okay. Everybody else's theory is – Oh, they beat everybody. They beat each other up, and then they're all beat up, and they can't play in the Big Ten. I mean, in the tournament. And well, I actually think it's because. And hear me out. There's a little bit of Big Ten arrogance here. I really think in basketball, at least, the Big Ten basketball title regular means something to people. It doesn't mean anything to the ACC. Do you know who went Duke? North Duke went ten years without winning the ACC title they don't care because they know they're going to the tournament same thing with the sec i think with you know wisconsin and iowa and michigan state the big 10 championship means something so they build teams specifically to beat up each other like bigger players physical players try to have at least one post guy that you go through and they're not then generally not running up and down the court high flyers partly that's because that's the only talent maybe that's available to them but I think it's like old school Big Ten football. You're built for the cold weather. Well, in Big Ten basketball, you're built for the big bodies. And then you get run pass in the NCAA tournament. Am I right or am I right? I I, I see where I see where you're going, and I'm not totally against that idea. I will say but what Tom mentioned today, I think there's some merit too as well, that it's not about it's not about us beating each other up and we're now we're all spent. You know, yeah. the, the bigger problem with beating each other up is now you're a game or two above 500 and, again, and everybody's a seven, eight or nine seed. And it makes that's just tougher to get. I mean, obviously, you're you're playing one, two, three seeds in the second round as opposed to you're playing the six, seven, eight seeds. And then Purdue, you know, that's, that's, and then Purdue drew the toughest 16 seed. I mean, how far well, is obviously that? Purdue? Look, Purdue is the <laughs> outlier in this. We're not talking. I mean, the same as Michigan State when they lost to Middle Tennessee. That's not yeah, but that Middle Tennessee team was good. But anyway, and they well they were, yeah. and Michigan State played okay that day. But I I think there's something to that. But the other thing too is I think it's real easy just to beat up on the Big Ten. Look at the teams that, I mean, Illinois was a mess. All right, 
they deserve all the grief they get. Purdue deserves all the grief they get. Some of these other teams, they win them winning a game in the NCAA tournament was probably about what they were going to do. When we're talking about Northwestern, Penn State, Maryland, those teams getting a win and getting to the second game was an accomplishment, but people see the eight Big Ten teams, one getting through, and they jump on that. Right. You know, the other thing too is since Michigan State won. There have been 14 Big Ten teams that have made the Final Four. Only the ACC has more at 16. So it's not like the Big Ten stinks in the NCAA tournament. The last no, two years – can't win in the Final Four. Right. right. Well, and that's you're the, right. And that's, there, and that's why the, that's why Izzo takes the crap that he takes because fans – and I think Izzo would agree that he should have a second title by now. I mean, when you have seven cracks yeah. at it, you should get you should pick one of those off, especially when they lost in semifinal games, games they shouldn't have lost. Look, they weren't beating North Carolina right. in 2009, okay? Nobody was beating right. that. But they certainly had their opportunities. Even 2019 was an opportunity. So I think that's where the frustration is with the league as a whole, is that the chances are there and they should have done it by now. So. Right. I'm, you're right. You're absolutely right. That's where the frustration lies. hundred percent. I just think the national narrative of see how the big 10 stinks, right. I, I think is silly. Right. You give them grief for the last two years of not getting many teams out, but they haven't had great teams. I don't think. But, no. And it in their style of play, generally speaking, doesn't yeah. translate to, they let you play in, in the NCAA tournament more. It seems to me as far as follows, which you think would, help Big Ten teams that like to play more physical. But I just don't think there's enough elite athletes, high flyers, dead-eye shooters. Like, who's the best dead-eye shooter in the Big Ten? Like, I mean, Joey Hauser, maybe, to be honest. You know? Tyson Walker. Tyson Walker in Big Ten play shooting like 48% from three. And right. think about um, that. And we and Izzo talks about the process, which is – uh, kind of a dead word in college basketball now because it's not about the process. It's about now and now, 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 now. It's not about the long term. But you talk about those two guys, Hauser and Walker. Those two guys took the brunt of fans' criticism last year, Hauser even longer than that, but they've stuck it through. They've worked their way up, and now they're irreplaceable guys for this team. So The one that really surprises me, though, is Hoger. Like, like when you first started – like. Like he can't make a shot. Like and when he gets to the rim, he comes up short with his little floaters, and he can't shoot. And he's kind of thick. He's not overly quick and stuff, right? And then he's developed and take. He, he's a little Cassius Winston esque as far as taking angles and getting guys on on his hip, and 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 still not a Winston, a much better shooter than Hogard. But and his shooting has come around a little bit. He's the one that surprises me more than anyone. Yeah, and he and, and we can talk Tyson and Joey all day, but AJ Hogart is what he's going to determine how far this team goes, right? Without a doubt. And well, that's a good segue. Well, I'll cut you off right there. How far will this team go? Just thought of that. We got nine minutes here. <laughs> yeah, because we're running out of time. We don't have the upgraded premium Zoom because we have to pay Wojo's salary and expenses yeah, from New York. So we are not allowed to upgrade our Zoom membership. So we got to be quick here. We'll start with you, Wojo. Let's, how far can Michigan State go, and what's going to happen on Thursday night, six thirty, at the uh, against uh, the Kansas State team? How far can they go? They can go to the. How final. far will they go? How about that? Okay, but but I'll just say that they easily can go to the final four. Any of these teams that are left, Tennessee too, whatever. How what far Atlantic? will they go? I think Kansas State is going to get them. I think I just think they're 
their quickness, their athletes at five positions, um, getting to the rim with the little guy. I call him the little guy, which isn't, which is kind of patronizing, but I don't mean to be. Um, I think it'll be really, <laughs> really. Do you apologize to him about that? Oh, I don't. Not, not, not no, Calipari. Sorry, Calipari. Yeah, Calipari. Yeah, I, I think Kansas State will win a very, very close game. That's my guess. Okay. I'm, oh, by the way, side note: How far did you have Michigan going in the NIT? I had them go into the second round where they lost to Vanderbilt. Wow. Yeah, I nailed that one. In fact, I said they were going to blow a late lead on the road. And... Oh, complete. That's the easiest bet in the world. <laughs> yeah. Good God. Every loss. Well, <laughs> right. so I, for me, I'm going to lose this game. Okay. Sharp enough. I, everything Bob said, I think, is 100% accurate. But uh, Kansas State is athletic as hell. And teams like that have at times given Michigan State some problems, especially if they start getting in the lane. They collapse, start kicking out for threes. I could see that happening and it going that way. The thing that's making me hesitate is this is starting to have, and it's not very tangible. It's starting to have a feel of something that a little bit like 2015. They're not doing it the same way, but that 15 team just kept winning games and winning games that they weren't supposed to win. I mean, we sat there at Syracuse the night they beat Louisville to go to the final four. And I just said, how in the world does this team keep winning? They were playing teams that were better than them. And Travis Trice just decided he was going to make everything he took. And, (laughs) you know, dudes were playing, they were playing above their level. I think this team, I don't think is doing that. They're playing the way maybe you expected them to play all year. And they're finding something. Something just tells me they're going to find something late in a close game with Kansas state, whether that's a, an offensive rebound and a putback or, you know, Joey Hauser makes a three in transition, something like that. I, I don't know. I'm starting to buy in that there's something a little different here. I think they're going to, I think they'll win a close game. Tennessee. If they play Tennessee in the next round, I mean, talk about a bloody. That's the game. That's, that's the game. (laughs) I, I, that'd be interesting. I I I think they pull it out. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of athletes there too. So, well, I'll tell you, I I just think we go back to when Bob mentioned earlier in this program that that their terrible three point shooting stat in the tournament has actually a good number, and I think that there's a lot of truth to that because I think that one, you know, they're probably not going to shoot that bad, but but you're going to have bad shooting nights where the things you can control and Trevor and I've talked about this, you can always control effort and toughness and that translates to defense. And so I think that keeps them in the game. And I think when you're in close games, uh, you know, when a coaching situation, coaching difference might make the difference. So I like them to win this one, the Tennessee one, that one worries me a little bit more, but. uh, Well, we'll do that on the next spot. We'll. we'll, Yeah, absolutely. I could see anything happening in this game. It's going to be a two point game. Guaranteed. (laughs) Two, two point game. All right. All right. Well, then you'll join us for the next one if there is a next podcast. So we'll get you. Sure. We'll do it from we a bar. We can do the next one together, Bob, from, you yeah. know, somewhere from a bar in New York. In New York. Yeah. You can do it from Ooh. Rick Pitino's office. Sure. Why not? Oh, that's yeah. right. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's back in New York City now. So, all right. Very good. So there you have it. Bob's a, a, a support. He's picking them to lose, and Charbonneau is is picking them to win. And I think it's going to be close, but I think they I think they win. I think I think that you're seeing something here. So we'll see. That's it for this episode of the Green Room. You can catch all of Wojo's amazing opinions at DetroitNews.com. Charbonneau with all his analysis and 
I think Neo will have some columns and we got all sorts of good stuff. And while you're at it, subscribe. I think it's like a dollar for six months. That's yeah, we every on. subscription we can to pay Wojo's expense report in New York this weekend. So please <laughs> subscribe. So, but yeah, catch them out at DetroitNews.com. <laughs> and uh, tomorrow night or no, Thursday night, 6 30 at is it the it's at the garden, right? Yes, oh, sir. Yes, yeah. yeah. mm-hmm. 6.30, the Garden, Back Michigan up. State, Kansas State, the matchup everybody predicted before the tournament began. Um, so, And then the Florida Atlantic and Tennessee in the night game. And uh, we'll be back to wrap about the end of that game. We'll be back in a couple of days. But you guys enjoy your time in New York. Woohoo! Looking night. forward. Yay. See ya. Woo-hoo!